0: Unfortunately, I've had a lot of negative experiences because I'm American, that there's Mm. this term that I hate to use, but passport hunters or green card hunters that I have had a lot of interactions where even within the first couple dates or even a little bit later on, that it's like, oh, so you're American? Like you're thinking maybe we should move back? Or I'm like, My no, God.
1: you're like, we what also is this no. We? Yeah, well, okay. Yeah. First,
0: we. What's this we that you speak of?
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> day two. <laughs> All right, so welcome back for another international episode of Interstates and Heartbreak. I am so honored to have Rafael de Furia, and I hope I pronounced that correctly and yes, didn't make it. too much of an ass out of myself. No, but-
0: not at all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So Raphael is interviewing from Italy. He's our second international guest on the podcast, so I'm very excited. He's also a fellow podcaster and host of the Not Your Average Globetrotter project, which we will have him plug at the end. And he's also my first guest that I found on Clubhouse. So a lot of milestones all around, and Uh welcome to the show.
0: Well, thank you, Leslie. The honor is all mine. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was funny. You were in a room on Clubhouse. I forget what type of room it was, but you were mentioning the type of project you did. I was like, oh, well, that's, that's interesting. Like, hey... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm out here. <laughs> yeah, it was so perfect. So for those who haven't explored Clubhouse, highly recommend. It's mm-hmm. like an, basically a live podcast, I think, is the best way to describe it with yeah. different breakout rooms. And so, yeah, Raphael and I were in a room about podcasting, and I was talking about if anyone wants to be on my show to talk about dating. And I'm so happy that you chimed in and talked about the fact that you are now dating abroad and all of the struggles that lead into that. So I yes. think we can dive in. And I I would love to hear about what caused you to move to Italy. What was the inspiration?
0: So there's a very long story, but I'll try to keep it as short as possible. Basically, it came <laughs> down to that I'm Italian-American, also Brazilian, but the Italian-American, the Italian heritage was always something very important during my upbringing. My grandfather uh, growing up was very much my father figure and he instilled this love of Italy into me from like before I could talk before I could walk before anything I had this picture in my mind of what it was like to smash grapes in Italy and but how nobody could drink the water where my grandfather's family was from mm. and so even the kids had to drink wine and just like all these kinds oh my of gosh. little details about life in <laughs> Italy and I was like I got to an age where it was like just it was the natural next progression in life that was going mm-hmm. to happen for me and I, I got a bit tired of hearing the stories and wanted to see life in Italy through my own eyes and not just the beautiful stories of what was, but see what actually is today. And that was that was kind of the short version, but I'd also mm-hmm. been living abroad and there's definitely a lot to talk about there, but I won't hold up uh, yes. in that story too much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like there's so much to unpack, and I am so envious. I have wanted to go to Italy forever. I was supposed to go for the first time last summer. Oh. Of course, we know why that could yeah. not happen, and yeah. now that trip is postponed indefinitely. Oh, no. So, yeah, just hearing you describe all the stomping grapes and the endless wine drinking and everything that I envisioned <laughs> just seems so amazing. But, of course, you know, we have to touch on the fact that, you know, last year was pretty rough. And so I would love to hear, you know, I haven't actually spoken to anyone who was living in Italy since the pandemic started. Just what was your firsthand experience like?
0: There was a lot of kind of going on because I'd gone through a breakup literally just before. And so I was kind of dealing with that at the time. And then on top, kind of just because I had just been in Spain visiting some family that lives in uh, Madrid and I had heard about the whole situation, the virus that was happening and uh, just very briefly on the news in Spanish. And so I was lucky that I was able to kind of turn my brain off for a second Mm -hmm. and not listen too closely. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to ignore this until I get home. (laughs) But more in regards to dating though, basically everything died. Like, well, in some ways everything died, but Here in Italy, most people will use like Tinder or Bumble and Mm. kind of just... Italians are much more social and they'll meet offline more than online, Mm -hmm. but they still use those apps. And when Tinder started introducing their specials, like use Tinder Passport for around the world Mm -hmm. for free and Mm -hmm. all of the other various applications... Yeah, I tried it out like just about everybody else here and I was like, mm-hmm. why not? But yeah, I can't say like even I necessarily made any real connections. I mean, I did end up making one connection on Bumble and we did meet in person, but it fizzled out. It never went anywhere like right when the lockdowns were let up and we could kind of start meeting with people. I mean, because also life during the summer almost had an air of normal. It wasn't totally yeah. normal. Yeah. But... It was uh, was kind of a break in the lockdown season, I guess you could call.
1: Yeah. So do you feel like, you know, once people were able to kind of get back to their normal life, everyone was just like, oh, I don't want to settle down. I just want to, like, date as much as possible and, like, meet as many people as possible.
0: Yeah. Well, here in Italy, it's a little different uh, than that perspective, maybe. But I think there are people who are like that. It's like, hey, Mm -hmm. it's been a while. Let's let's get things (laughs) going. (laughs) Get the motor revving. But... I think more so people were happy to connect here with their friends and family more so than get mm-hmm. out and dating. Because there was definitely, yeah. I know some friends who are in the dating scene a, a little bit more than I am. I mean, I'm single and like, I'm out there, whatever. But they're out hustling <laughs> the dating world. <laughs> That's a really great way, way to there.
1: describe it.
0: <laughs> I hate to put <laughs> it dating that way. Dating is a hustle. I, yeah. It's accurate. But yeah, no, and something that they were running into a lot was that their matches weren't wanting to meet up in person or saying mm, yeah. or like, hey, are we going to wear masks or not? With the the one woman who I ended up meeting up with. The first thing when we met up is like, so how are we gonna do this? Are we gonna hug? Are we gonna shake hands? <laughs> are we gonna bump elbows? Are we gonna oh my God. Like, are we gonna sit here with masks on and try to yeah. lift up the mask? I mean, because technically the laws here in Italy were that you didn't have to wear a mask if you were eating or if drinking. Eating. But it's like, what's your comfort level? What's going yeah. on? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It's so hard. And I went on like a couple of dates that were like socially distanced during the summer. And it's just. Really tough because I feel like it's already like this awkward thing when you're not in a pandemic of like, okay, when do we break the physical barrier? Like, are we going to kiss at the end of the date? All of this stuff. And now that health and safety is a primary concern, it could not be less sexy. It's wild.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, like, look, there's always been like some level of health concerns when it comes to physical intimacy, of course. But Mm -hmm. like just now even having that minor concern of like, hey... Are hugs a thing still? I mean, and also here yeah. in Italy, when you're friendly with somebody or even if you're meeting the friend of a friend or even like maybe you've been on a like the end of a first date or second date, third date, you might greet somebody by kissing them on the cheeks one, two or yeah. three times, depending on where you are mm. in the country. More two mm-hmm. or three, never so much one. One is kind of like, uh, you're lazy. <laughs> <But> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like, I actually hate you. <laughs> kind of, It's like,
0: I'm doing this because I have to, not because I like you. <laughs>
1: Oh, my gosh. What a huge cultural shift.
0: Oh, definitely. That's been a major, major change. Actually, speaking of Clubhouse, even, I've been in a number of rooms with Italians and they're like, this is like, it's shocking for us. We're like feeling touch starved, uh, not being able to, because Italians are very touchy feely people. Even I, I recently uploaded an episode to my YouTube channel about kind of some of the things here in Italy and what's been happening and There have been times where before the pandemic where a person would get like literally inches away from my face, (laughs) just conversation, normal conversation. And my first gut instinct as an American yeah. was like to kind of take a step back and like, <laughs> excuse me, hold on. But I, the thing is here, it, some people were actually seeing that as a rude gesture to take mm. that step back. But for me, it was actually very practical because I couldn't see the person's yeah. face. It was a blur. Yeah. It was like, I don't want to talk to a blur. I want to see what you're saying. And, and also yeah. if it's loud, I want to read your lips just in case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's totally. been a major shift in just regular everyday lifestyle here. I mean... Even with friends that I've met up, it's like, you you get used to doing the two kisses, but it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. wait, we can't do that now.
1: Yeah, I've told this story on the podcast before, so I'll keep it brief, but... I, you know, like when you see someone you haven't seen in a while, your instinct is to hug them. I ran into a coworker and it was like in summer. So when it was, things were kind of easing up again a little bit. And I didn't have my mask on only because it was like, I'd just been eating lunch. And I like went to throw the lunch away, Mm. didn't put it on. And then I heard my name called out. And so I got like caught off guard and I gave her a hug and realized like, why was she so weird? And I was like, (laughs) it is literally the middle of a pandemic. You haven't seen her in like a year and you hugged her. Like that's actually an assault.
0: So well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like we have we're humans and we have basic human instincts, and one of those basic human instincts is to hug and to touch. Because not that we have to go into that part of the discussion, not that I'm even qualified, but there's the the hormones that start going off in the brain that mm-hmm. like uh, the feel good hormones and like letting you know you've done something good, or even uh, like children need constant touch when they're growing up so that they can develop in a in a healthy manner, so that they can get those hormones pumping through the brain to let them know what a healthy situation is, what an unhealthy situation, or even just for Mm -hmm. development in general.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And I'm really interested to see all the sociological studies down the line of how we are impacted as a society Mm. and the longstanding effects that this is going to have. But that could be a deeper conversation to your point. Oh, sure. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. So going back to your decision to move, I know that a lot of it was because of your heritage and the fact that it was something that you'd always been interested in doing. At what point did you feel like, okay, this is the right time? Because I feel like making a move to another country that requires like getting so many things in order. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you're, let's say you're in a relationship, that's a big conversation. Like you have to tell family and friends, figure out work. So I would love to hear about like what that transition was like. And like, were you in a relationship where that was a consideration or were you moving as a single gentleman?
0: Okay. So there's kind of two parts to that there's the when i actually left america and when i actually Mm -hmm. came to italy because there's a about a six-year gap okay because when i left america i i was luckily young single i didn't have to worry about that and it was at a point in my life where it was kind of like i could make this jump Mm -hmm. i originally went abroad to kind of take a year abroad and like a gap year before going back to school and then i ended up studying abroad as well so basically through most of that time i was single or not dating uh, or minimally dating. <laughs> But the decision to actually make that move to Italy was, it had been building up for about 12 years by that point because I had found out about mm. the possibility for myself to get Italian citizenship through my ancestry. So really, it was something that I had always been kind of planning towards, but just the ability to make that happen was the, the legal ability. I'll just stress that point. was the difficult part, was just finally getting the final answer of recognition. And actually the day when i got my phone call from the italian consulate where i'd been living i immediately went to go buy a ticket i was like that's oh, wow. it it was perfect timing because also uh, where i had been living i was kind of in a stage where it was either i have to go in one direction or the other mm. and so it's either i take everything and invest here or i invest in my life and myself and gamble on trying to make it out in Italy, because there was no guarantee even Italy would work out. And even to an extent, I'm still trying to make it work out, or to a (laughs) great extent, I'm trying to make it work out. But (laughs) yeah, no, I I, I was here very shortly after. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it was one of those things that was always on the horizon, so to speak. And so it was such a relief when I finally got that phone call. I went Mm -hmm. out, bought the ticket the next day, requested the passport, a week later, had it in my hand, and I was ready to roll. I started closing down my business, selling everything that I had there and just doing all of the steps necessary to actually make a move abroad.
1: That's amazing. So what would you say have been some of the biggest differences between living in the U.S. and living in Europe?
0: Oof. That's a tricky one in some ways. I mean, in some ways, nothing is different. In some ways, everything Mm -hmm. is different. A lot of people Mm -hmm. who are more familiar with life in Europe, how can he say nothing is different? I mean, (laughs) at the end of the day, humans are humans. And there are those basic human instincts and aspects that you just have to respect. And sometimes realizing that kind of brings down a barrier and allows you to connect with other people that are close to where you are. And even in dating, for example, just because that's Mm -hmm. the relevant topic of your your podcast. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. important to recognize where are the similarities but then also where are the differences and some of the differences can be as small as conversation and how that's carried out or the topics of conversation Mm -hmm. or physical contact in some parts of Europe physical contact people are very touchy-feely but in more in the southern part of Europe like the Mediterranean areas but then you get up into northern Europe and people can very often become a little bit more distanced uh, not in this like physical distance but socially not social distancing and uh, less intimate Yeah, you know, just an everyday kind of interaction. It depends on where you are specifically, because I could tell you, I mean, here in Italy, also, some of just how daily business is done or things that you need to do throughout the day. Like I was saying before about taking that step back when somebody was getting close, that (laughs) was people had considered Mm -hmm. that rude. And also, even one other point that just comes to the top of my head is that people here are very much open to striking up a conversation with a random person on the street or especially in mm. smaller towns or smaller cities like mm-hmm. where I live people will still like how things used to be they'll they'll say hi how you doing and greet you mm-hmm. just walking down they'll smile at you but like growing up on the west coast at least in most of the places where I live is like I don't know you not, what's not like not the case yeah no, like what's wrong with you or or maybe it's old-fashioned like if it was an yeah. old person like I could kind of get it but it's still a little creepy but <laughs>
1: I totally get that. And it's like, even traveling within the U.S., you know, in L.A., I think it's very rare. I always joke, like, the only time people will speak to you as a stranger in L.A. is if you're on the same hiking trail. I don't know what it is. If It's like, oh, we could, like, get stranded out here. Like, I I really (laughs) don't know, but— then when I would travel for work before or mm-hmm. if I would just go on vacation and go to a city that was like maybe more southern or midwestern and I was like literally taken aback at how friendly yeah. everybody was like it was shocking
0: you yeah, know and even you see that in Italy like in the north they're a bit cooler than the people in the south and I mean, uh, just comparing Milan, for example, like people there are in Italy are kind of thought of as like the, a little bit snobbish, have their noses in the <laughs> air. Basically, nobody in Milan is really from Milan. Like it's kind of everybody from everywhere else comes and they kind of get this, I don't want to say attitude, but this this way about them that even when they go mm-hmm. back home, People will be like, oh, here he comes, here she comes, here they come, <laughs> this this person, the big shot from the city, kind of thing.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: And then but you go to the south and people are like warm, even like you could end up meeting somebody and striking up a conversation with them. Next thing you know. It's eight hours later, you've had dinner at their house with their grandmother, like oh like all these kinds of that. things. But you might not find that in the North, for example, even uh, yeah. like I've spoken with a friend up here that for this individual, it's actually a little strange and off-putting how friendly people from the South mm-hmm. can be. Like they bring people back to their homes and like just have <laughs> these conversations for a long time. And like, I don't know, I'm mm-hmm. not comfortable with that. And, like, it, and it's <laughs> like, it's I've I've heard that sentiment from other people in the north. Not necessarily that everybody in the north is like that, because it also depends on the region where you are. But there's a, mm-hmm. a huge north south divide in Italy, like there is in many other countries.
1: Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. Some things never change. Yeah. Um, so, what are some of the nationalities of the women that you've dated, and like, how have you noticed differences between those? I don't know those identities.
0: So I just want to preface this by saying, like, I'm I'm not like out here dating and out here like, (laughs) oh, like going crazy. But Mr.
1: Worldwide, yeah, Mr. (laughs) Mr. Worldwide.
0: Uno, don't quit. I know you.
1: (laughs) I mean, you did spend some time in Spain, so I don't know. I've been there a couple
0: times, quite a few, yeah, quite a few times. Um, But. yeah, no, like I, I'm not like a Don Juan kind of out here going crazy. <laughs> so not all of the nationalities I'm that I'm about to say like are like serious relationships. Sometimes maybe mm-hmm. just as, as few as like a couple of dates or so, but uh, yeah. Brazilian... Enough to
1: like get a sense for what they're like. Yeah,
0: that list would be basically Brazilian, American, Canadian, Mexican, Spanish, Portuguese, German, Italian, Moroccan, Dominican, wow. Israeli, Czech maybe Polish. I can't remember. It's Russian. Yeah. So Interesting. like I said, okay. I'm not wow. a Don Juan out here, but like, I've had, I've <laughs> I met don't know, people. Raphael. I, no, no, no. I mean, like out of <laughs> those, know. maybe only Jeez-ing. a couple of them have actually been like, where we actually got into something, but mm-hmm. like, those are kind of more like a date here or there, or a couple dates. So yeah. I just just to make that clear.
1: <laughs> Yes, that's fair. I love the disclaimer. But that's such a fascinating and, like, wide array of experiences. I feel like you are just so worldly in the realm of dating in a way that I think a lot of people who live in America aren't, just because, you know, like, you have more access to people who, like, traveling in between countries. Mm -hmm. You yourself travel between more countries. And, you know, like, if I go on vacation, I'm not really, like, going to start dating someone if I'm only there for, like, a week or two. So. Yeah. I would love to hear about some of the insights maybe that you've picked up about different um, cultures. And I think it kind of alludes to what you were saying about how different people might be you know, have different comfort levels yeah. or different ways of expressing affection.
0: I come from kind of a, an Italian and Latin background because of also that Brazilian side and just the the family that I come from, very warm people. And so I noticed for myself that I generally will will jive a little bit better with someone who is, maybe has a little bit more of an ethnic background, Latin American mm-hmm. or even Southern, um, Southern European, that there's just a, mm-hmm. a commonality that we kind of share in some ways. But for example, mm-hmm. even like... Russian or Czech, like we've had some struggles, like trying to get past a certain point, like because I show my affection and I have no mm-hmm. shame in that, and I'll I'll be happy to hold hands walking down the street. I'm I'm, a, I'm an old fashioned mm-hmm. kind of guy. I'll I'll just say that. Yeah. But there was um, a, a woman that I dated for a little while that was Czech and. For her, it was very difficult to be open and to open up. And even the the Russian also, she also had a certain barrier that they just didn't want to get past. And yes, of course, mm-hmm. it could be down to the individual. But I also noticed that even when they were with their families, that there was a, a little bit of distance, a little bit more than maybe I would have had with my family. Like I'm close mm-hmm. to everybody who like is my immediate family, basically, we have no problem to chat about just about anything. And even to say, all right, love you. See you later. Bye. But even Mm -hmm. like the idea of even saying love to your parent in some cultures is just something that you don't do. It's like a weird thing for some people. And that's like, hey, that's just part of their culture and how they do things. Uh, I mean, like even I've never (laughs) dated a Japanese woman, but I know for Japanese people that love is just basically a word that doesn't really come up that it's this Mm. this intense emotion that is foreign not a foreign emotion but the concept of that we think about it in the west like this romanticized love and this is actually definitely a perfect example of italy and how much italy Mm. has influenced the world rome roman romanticized like or romantic it's it's all kind of coming from the same people so there have definitely been even some times where maybe something was normal to me. Actually, there was um, a girl that I had dated, that one of the few that it was actually became a bit serious uh, and mm-hmm. kind of longer term. And there was one time she said, hey, let's, let's go visit my grandparents. And I was like, okay, cool. I, I yeah. didn't realize we're at that level, but I, hey, I'll jump in. <laughs> I'll jump in. We'll make it happen. <laughs> and her grandmother mm. basically couldn't speak any English. And, I like, we could kind of make things happen because also, like, she understood some French and some Spanish. And so, like, there was a mix of languages that we ended up using, but we still had a very difficult time understanding her. But Mm -hmm. she asked for me to go get a knife and pass it to her. And so I grabbed the knife and Mm -hmm. I did what most people would do. I grabbed it by the blade and handed her the Mm -hmm. uh, handle. She mm-hmm. screamed and flipped out. <laughs> I had no clue what I had done. I was like, what? what did I do wrong? I thought I was just handing her, like, did I misunderstand? She wanted yeah. a rolling pin. Like, <laughs> what happened? Like, what did I do that was so wrong? So my girlfriend at the time said, oh, no, put it down on the table. Put it down on the table. Like She was shouting. Oh, like, my God. Immediately put it down. I was like, of course that's what Back I'm doing. Away. Like, But I didn't realize that for her grandmother their normal way that they go about things if you're going to hand something that's sharp to somebody my first thought mm-hmm. was like am i supposed to hand her the like by the blade cuz like i would never do yeah. that but for them in their culture what they would do is you put it down on the countertop or on the mm. table and allow the other wow. person to grab it. Because even the kind of the way that her grandmother tried to explain it to me that I kind of understood just through the gestures was that stab. You could stab somebody if they if they grabbed the knife. Either you could stab them or they could stab you. And that was just the, the cultural thought. Yeah. And so there yeah. can sometimes be like little simple things that you would never even think of that are so simple as just handing yeah. a knife. And even actually... It was tough enough to get into that kitchen to begin with, because as far as her grandmother was concerned, (laughs) men don't belong in the kitchen. They belong in the living room, hanging out, smoking nargile, or watching TV, (laughs) and only women are supposed to be in the kitchen. What the hell do you want to do here? Why are you here? And I was like, and I like to cook. So I was like, hey, if I can get in on this and learn some of what she's doing, maybe I can have some fun with those recipes, but... It took a lot of no, convincing. Absolutely. No, I, I got in the kitchen. I got in the kitchen. I was very okay, lucky. Okay, okay. But it took a lot of convincing and she was like side-eyeing me the whole time. Like, what is this guy <laughs> doing? Like, like why what are his he intentions? Why is he here what's this weird guy? Why is my granddaughter dating this guy? Like, what's wrong oh, with him? Oh my gosh. <laughs> but that she was is nice, yeah.
1: hilarious. <laughs> I feel like I would have freaked out if I handed someone a knife and they started yeah. screaming at me. Like, oh, I would God. be so panicked.
0: No, every, I mean, because the thing was the kitchen and the living room were actually like one giant room in their house and like everybody they just looked over because it was a whole group of us that were there and it was like everybody's looking at the kid from America I'm like what did I do <laughs>
1: oh my god
0: yeah like what did you do this time
1: yeah, oh, yeah. wow So do you feel like, you know, now that you've had exposure to so many different cultures, do you feel like your type or your preferences or even your way of expressing yourself have changed at all over the years?
0: Yeah, definitely. Of course, the older that we get, the more that we realize what's important to us, what's not important to us. Mm -hmm. The things that we may have prioritized when we were a kid uh, might not be the same things that we prioritize now or even as a teenager. Like, oh, wow, she's cute. She's she's hot. She's this, she's that. It's like, okay, there's something to Mm -hmm. that. Like... I'm very much of the opinion that it's important to be attracted physically to your partner. Mm -hmm. But you also have Mm -hmm. to be mentally attracted. Because if you have one without the other, then there's just something that feels like it's missing. So there's definitely that kind of personal growth just the older that you get because I'm 29 now. And Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. even seeing that, okay, maybe a girl from this culture or that culture might not be the best mesh and even like growing up uh, my mother said oh it'd be nice if you meet like a good italian girl or if you meet a good brazilian girl or good this or Mm -hmm. good that not that i would say like oh i have to meet x type of girl from x country but i was like oh i see what she meant by that like just from Mm -hmm. that cultural familiarity that maybe there's less to explain because that mm-hmm. can be something mm-hmm. that can get in the way like, hey, this is normal for me. If it's not normal for you, how can we figure out what's in between? And then you both have to adjust. It's really definitely a, a, a whole kind of pit that we could really fall deep into. Just for me to even say like the ways that living abroad has changed me and the way mm-hmm. that it's changed my approach to dating. Yeah, it's a tough one. That's definitely a tough question.
1: Yeah, and you bring up such a good point that age comes into it so much Mm -hmm. as well because you do definitely learn how to prioritize things that matter in a long-term partner versus things that are just like maybe a more superficial checklist. So I imagine it's been quite a journey.
0: Oh, it has. It's definitely been a journey. It's always always a new learning experience every day, single or in a relationship. There's always something new to learn. But I mean, also just like one of the other things, even just doing the whole kind of cross-cultural, cross-border, international dating thing is that it does allow you to see the world through a new lens and get to know another culture through somebody who's Mm -hmm. from that. And especially to get a different kind of insight that you might otherwise have if you're just visiting the country or if you're an expat in that country, uh, to get a new connection with that country. Like I've seen many people who they'll go to a country and get a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever Mm -hmm. the person may identify as and really get a new kind of welcoming in that country because, Mm -hmm. oh, this person isn't just a foreigner. Now they've got some, Mm -hmm. in air quotes, credibility because they've got this person who is to an extent vouching for them and if -hmm. they're okay for that person then okay maybe we can welcome them into our social group as well but of course there's always Mm -hmm. the cultural differences and yeah that's the foreign partner if they do something a little strange that's you know them (laughs) you know how they do things
1: that's fair that's fair and that brings up another good point of do you feel that When you first moved in particular to Europe, was your status as like an American, was that something that was like very attractive? Like I think of in America, if we had a guy move over from Italy or from even from like London and they have an accent, they're foreign, we're like, oh my gosh, they're European, they're sophisticated. Was that a positive or was it kind of a negative? Because I could honestly see coming from America going, like, both ways yeah. in terms of women's perceptions. No, it
0: definitely went both ways. I mean, I'll tell you this. Like, <laughs> when I was first really living abroad, I don't know if you remember that song by Kanye West and Estelle, I think is her name. American oh, Boy. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs>
1: Huge Kanye fan, yeah, so. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely,
0: like, let that one play in the background. Like, I'll be your American Boy, like.
1: <laughs> Honestly, the dating app bio writes itself, I'll be your American Boy. There it is. Ooh.
0: I haven't even thought about using that. I should totally. I'm good. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> no, but like, so, okay, so there's been that positive aspect where maybe it will draw attention to me uh, that I am American, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, not that attention isn't always the most positive attention. It mm-hmm. may end up attracting, unfortunately I've had a lot of negative experiences because I'm American, that mm. there's this term that I hate to use, but passport hunters or green card hunters yeah. that yeah. I've had a lot of interactions where even within the first couple of dates or even a little bit later on that it's like, Oh, so you're American. Like you thinking maybe we should move back. Or I'm like, My no, <laughs> you're like, I, we also know. Yeah. Well, okay. First, we. What's this we that you speak of?
2: <laughs> day two.
0: <laughs> and then, like, there have been instances where it's become more serious. And I have to make it clear up front, like, and not necessarily saying it outright, but there have been uh, a situation or two where I did say it outright that I need to know that she's interested in me for me and not because of mm-hmm. the passport or passports that I happen to mm-hmm. have. So there have been those times where I have had those interactions. And there was the Russian woman who there was that little thing with. And after a while, she had contacted me after I moved to Italy and said, oh, I have a friend. I don't know if it was her or if it was a friend friend. (laughs) And hey, like you could make some really good money by getting married and helping (laughs) someone with their citizenship. I was like... Uh, yeah, oh no, God. not happening. Not wow. happening. And, I mean, even because of my YouTube, I've had crazy amount of marriage offers that, like, it's what? unreal. Like, I'm just oh like, my gosh. from men and women. Wow. Like, even straight men. You really? Like, have I'm your just pick. like. Yeah. I mean, firstly, thank you. I'm flattered. You're not my type. But <laughs> yeah, no, not going to happen regardless of who you are, what you are, or where you're from. Yeah. like I mean, it's led to a lot of weird and, and awkward conversations and situations.
1: I can only imagine. And I have to ask, maybe you don't know, because of course you haven't seriously entertained this. How much can somebody make from a fake marriage just for the purpose of getting someone a green card.
0: So I haven't entertained this myself, but because of the content I make, it's it's relevant to the conversation. Mm-hmm. And there are all different kinds of situations that people find themselves in, especially depending on the passport and the nationality. But it could be anywhere mm. from a few thousand to tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, like oh It God. depends. It really depends. I mean, like like I said... I wouldn't get involved with it because the problems that can come up, like say even if you make a few hundred grand, your problems will be much bigger than just a few hundred grand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I That is in no way worth it to me. Oh, no, so no, no. I, <laughs> ugh, that's rough, but I can see it being really tempting to certain people.
0: Yeah. No, I mean like, look, even it, it's come up during dating situations where it's like, look, we, we have this difficulty because you have one passport. I have another, or you're in one country. I'm in another And I have to kind of take that step back. It's like, is it really just out of convenience that we're even like starting to have that conversation? I mean, I'd rather get to know the person like a longer dating period and then really get to know the person before even Mm -hmm. taking that commitment because marriage is a huge commitment. Yeah, it's it's definitely tricky when you start having feelings for somebody who's who is in that particular situation and you know you mm. really feel that way but there's that thing in the back of your mind kind of wondering, well wait, hold on. Is that actually the same for them? Do they actually have those same feelings or are they just mm-hmm. in it for the ride? Are they in it for the the yeah. visa or whatever it may be? Uh, and so that unfortunately also even for me has had a negative kind of detriment just even going on a first date. Like yeah. as much as I try to get it out of the back of my mind, somehow it always kind of pops in just because I have had those experiences where it's like so how can we get the visa thing going? I'm like, this is date one. (laughs) What are you
1: talking about? How do these women have the audacity to bring it up? Because I feel like bringing up anything where you're implying that you're looking to marry the person is just like taboo in general, especially when you're bringing it up in a sense where you're just like, yeah, I'm really just here to
0: use you. Look, I'll play devil's advocate here. I would say Mm -hmm. if you're somebody who is ready at that point in your life for marriage it's not necessarily a bad discussion to have somewhat close to the beginning of your interaction to see, is that other person even kind of thinking about that? Or are they just having fun in life? Mm-hmm. Are they wanting something serious? Yeah. I mean, maybe even not marriage, but like, are they looking for a steady relationship? Or are they polyamorous? Or, or are they just mm-hmm. wanting a one-on-one? Like, what is it that they want? And I think it can be really beneficial to establish certain parameters is as difficult as that might be and as awkward as that might be, especially in modern Western dating. It's like, we kind of end up in these situations. It's like, yeah, we've been dating for five years, but you live together. It's like, are (laughs) you really dating at that point? Or like, what's that going like? So Mm -hmm. I think also, I'm not going to say it's a problem with the West, but it's definitely something that complicates things for us here where we just don't have kind of established boundaries or rules. I mean, yeah. I, I definitely, Truly. after living abroad, even though I wouldn't get into it, I think there is a point in some cultures to the ideas around matchmaking and really trying to mm-hmm. have a marriage that is set up around a common frame of values and goals between those people, but also arguing from that same Western perspective. I'd be happy to fall in love and, and not fall in love with a piece of paper and just make sure that everything ticks the box.
1: Yeah. It is really interesting. And you make a key distinction because yes, I do agree that if you are very clear on what your long-term relationship goals are, you should definitely make sure the other person is on that same page. Definitely. I think where it gets to be awkward is when people are framing it from the perspective of like, oh, I'm not just looking for a marriage, but like, I'm looking to see if you are that person when it's like, okay, it's date one or date two. So you don't even know me and there's no way you can possibly know if we would even be a good fit. Yeah, And so- I guess that's where I get curious of like these women who are like, how could we make a green card situation? Because that's very clearly tied to you. Yeah, that's like I don't know. I feel like that seems too bold. Yeah, to I mean, just come across organically. Yeah, no,
0: I mean, like, look, there's been a couple times where it's like it's been like, well, you have American citizenship. Like, how would it work? And then there's been other times. How
1: would? It like,
0: work? no, like, really, I'm not even like oh exaggerating God. here. Like, yeah. flat out. Wow. And then there have been other situations where it's maybe a bit more subtle. And it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. so are you planning on staying here? Do you think you're going back? What are your plans Mm -hmm. for the next few years? Or, I mean, okay, those are questions that would be relevant for anybody. And I wouldn't blame anybody for asking those questions of somebody who's living in that country. Like, oh, are you planning on staying here? Or are you planning on heading back home? Or where is home for you if it's not in either the country that you're from or this country that we happen to be in? And so that can make it a little tough to really filter through, I hate to use that. Term, Those are the but pros. It's definitely an issue that comes up, and sometimes, like, there's been a situation where uh, it was like the third date, and we were having a conversation, and this subject came up about living and where, and like, what are goals and what's happening, what's going on, and so we're saying, okay, like, does this, if you want to call it a relationship, or, or this between us have an expiration date or will we see about continuing this on further and see if we want to figure out maybe some way of exploring living together in another country or I mean, of course, like you want to make sure that you are definitely at that point in your relationship late late enough into it, not just jump into a living situation, because that can definitely make things go upside down very quickly. Yeah. I mean, look, it depends on the situation. But yeah, there are individuals, men and women, who are (laughs) very upfront. And then there's others who Mm -hmm. are definitely happy to kind of hang out in the background and see what happens as it happens.
1: So as you've kind of encountered this more and more, have there been any, I don't want to, I don't know, tips makes it sound like it's very analytical. It's not very (laughs) romantic, but I feel like there's not really a better word for it. Like tips for weeding people out. You
0: know, unfortunately there are times where you have to take a, a step back and become a little unemotional to really see where you are and to see if it's the right relationship for you. But listen, I guess would be my biggest tip. And listen closely. Don't listen to necessarily what's being said, but how it's being said and mm. uh, to the subject matter in the conversation. And also find out what that person's goals are. Like like if you're from America, and this has happened to me before, where uh, she had studied in America and she really wanted to go back. She's like, oh, it's my dream to go back. I think it would be wonderful to go back someday. And even just for a vacation. And when you hear like, oh, even for just a vacation, I'd say, maybe think uh, explore that topic a little bit later. It's like, oh, is it the a place where you're thinking you might want to live someday, or how does that look like for you? Like, do you see yourself there? Oh, yeah, no, I love it. I think I could really see myself living there. I was like, eh, okay, like, then you start have to start mm-hmm. asking, is this a legitimate interaction, which it very well could mm-hmm. be, or is it something with ulterior motives, or is it a legitimate interaction? also with ulterior motives packed on top, yeah, there will be times where that doesn't even happen. So it's difficult. And unfortunately, experience is the only thing that you can really learn from in that situation. And of course, date in person. That's the other thing, because I see so many yes. people getting suckered into things, especially online. Catfish, I mean.
1: Yeah, it's wild. I don't really watch those shows regularly, you know, but like if I tune in here or there... I can't really fathom those relationships where people have built this person up in their mind. They've never yeah. met them like no video they're just call. dating in. Er- yeah, it's so wild. So yes, I think dating in person is definitely a great way to at least weed out some of the initial oh, yeah. people who are there oh, yeah. for the wrong reasons. oh yeah,
0: no, definitely. I mean even like if you're on a dating app, uh, maybe there's certain telltale signs that you can see like, maybe the lifestyle that she's leading from her photos. You can learn a lot from a person's photos, but of course Mm. you only get let into a certain portion that they're willing to bring you into, even on Instagram. We only publish what we want people to see. I mean, I think there are girls that maybe you can tell from a little earlier on just by their, I really hate to even put it into these terms, but by their type and by by the way that they present themselves, if they're looking for that glamorous life In America or what they perceive Mm -hmm. to be a glamorous life in America. Because that's also the other thing is that even though America is a beautiful country, it's not as glamorous as what many people (laughs) think it is. I mean, even if we're talking about LA, yeah, you've got Beverly Hills, Hollywood, all these Mm -hmm. places, but even Hollywood, like, eh.
1: I mean, Hollywood, I could (laughs) literally have a whole episode where I just like shit on how bad it is and no offense to anyone who lives there, but I could personally never live there. Like that's literally the whole basis of this podcast is like the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles because, yeah, it's not what you see in, Ooh. like, the reality shows or the movies. It is... Oh, it, definitely not. It ha- comes with its own problems. No,
0: even, like, I've had the question so many times, like, is high school really like what they show in the movies? Like, do you have those <laughs> oh, homecomings or proms? Or this or Because, like, homecoming and prom is a, a thing that's very foreign to people who are not in oh, North yeah. America. It's like it goes around the football culture and the school teams and school sports are very different. Even in here in Italy, like you'll have it more as a private kind of club away from school rather than like school versus school, high school versus high school. So there is that kind of social aspect that's built in that, I mean, is it like high school musical? Are you singing and dancing? It's like... (laughs) Like, really? (laughs) I mean, I wish,
1: but no, not even close.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, look, look, there's theater class, there's choir, and you do find people who wish high school were like that and who try to make high (laughs) school like that. But yes, you do. Yeah, no, definitely not. Wow. There are aspects, though, that I will say are based on reality, but what Mm -hmm. you see in the movies can end up being so far from it, of course, as any American would know.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I feel like, you know, after hearing about all of these struggles, I think maybe someone might think like, okay, well, what about dating women who are also expats from America? And maybe that would just be like an easier solution. And from our initial conversations, you brought up the fact that that is not necessarily an easy solution because what you were talking about with the expiration date, that can be even more Of an issue when you're dating someone who's from america and would love to hear your experience with that
0: i mean this kind of gets into like my legal ability to remain in italy for me personally Mm -hmm. is unhindered but that doesn't necessarily go for every american who's living in italy or in germany in brazil wherever in the world that you are and so Mm -hmm. it's very possible if you're living in these expat circles that you might meet someone who you really vibe with and get along with and they might not even necessarily be from your home country but like i've had this come up where There was a woman who we were like seeing that things could potentially go someplace, but she didn't have the ability to stay in Italy. And I had no interest in moving back to America, even though maybe we could be great friends, like just because we have different goals and and different priorities and even different abilities. So even if we're not even talking about Italy, we could be talking about literally any country every individual have difficulties with specific types of visas and other types of visas may be more easy. Or, I mean, a country like Italy, generally speaking, it's very difficult to get a visa to be able to live here unless you're a person under certain circumstances, like you're married to somebody who's Italian or you have Mm -hmm. a student visa to be here or you're retiring in Italy. And even if you're retiring in Italy, you still have to have a basic uh, minimum amount coming in every month to even be able to qualify because you also have to pay for your own medical insurance and because in Italy, for most people, if you're working for someone else, you are covered by the medical system here, just the the socialized healthcare here. But having that kind of interaction with an American or someone from my own country in this case, or even Brazil, another one of my own countries now, (laughs) there's been that discussion of like, hey, are we going to actually be able to make something work here? Are you going to be able to be here or am I even interested in being there or are you even interested in being here? Are you just here just to have some fun and just for like a study abroad kind of situation? Or are you only here for your work for temporary and because of your career, you're planning on going back to America or whatever country you're from? So, yeah, unfortunately, those, those small details can end up becoming some of the biggest issues, even if everything is great. Even if everything is perfect, you could have those small little blips that turn into these giant mountains that you won't be able to cross.
1: Yeah. Do you find that your relationships progress a little more quickly because you have to kind of have these very long-range conversations a bit earlier on just to decide if it's even worth pursuing?
0: It depends. I'm generally a much more upfront person anyway. So I would rather say, hey, like, look what's going on here like i mean maybe not so like direct but like <laughs> maybe around the second third date so like hey like i mean i see we're getting along i like you or you like me or well, i'm feeling like maybe this could be something worth mm-hmm. exploring how are you feeling about mm-hmm. that what is going on in your mind do you see that you think there might be potential for something I, like i said mm-hmm. I, I rather know that up front than guess it and have a surprise later down the road that's just my dating style yeah. to begin with so For me, there are those some of those basic things which I'm able to figure out very quickly within dating, like within the first couple of dates, like even without asking those questions, just to get a feel for that person after a lot of bad experiences, (laughs) that has definitely become uh, the case for me. But if we're talking about, I guess, the distance part or how the ability to stay in a country can play into it, yes, that can play a factor if you're like really f- vibing i hate to use that word but if you're really vibing and <laughs> i mean that's and that's a word that's very really, millennial of you <laughs> well not only that but that's a word that didn't really come around at least in my sphere, that I heard about until after I left America. There's a lot of slang that you guys are using now. It's like, yeah. what the hell? A lot changed. <laughs> no, I mean, it's... I, oh, that's,
1: Well, I love that you're like still staying up to date with all the American <laughs> slang, even though you're abroad. Oh,
0: I can't avoid it. I, I honestly can't avoid it. But the thing is, I mean, hmm. I will say that even in the 12 years that I've been gone, that there's been a lot that's changed. And even I know if I went back now, I'd go through some culture shock. <laughs> I mean, that's just a part of living yeah. abroad to begin with. Like, Even Mm -hmm. uh, imagine for many people, their parents or great-grandparents, their idea of what life in that country was like was at the time that they left. And for many people, especially in older generations, they didn't have the same type of access that we have today uh, to Mm -hmm. be able to be connected. But getting back to that idea of vibing. um,
2: (laughs) 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 God, I hate that word.
0: I hate that (laughs) word. The, them good guys, like, you know, you got to like, just really get into it. Like, see if you're really like hitting it. Oh, like if, uh... yeah. Anyway, um, oh. if it's natural and it's coming across, okay, it's worth exploring it. But if you're seeing that maybe there might not be something there, you don't want to push something so unnatural that it just forces a relationship because that's another huge pitfall that a lot of people can get into. I've unfortunately had that experience and I know a lot of other people where it's just kind of like, oh well this is how it's supposed to be so of course I need to do this or I need to do that or I need to get into this relationship we need to start, whatever. I mean everybody has their history and that unfortunately can be a part of it where we just Mm -hmm. didn't realize certain things until after the fact. I mean even Mm -hmm. on Clubhouse there was definitely discussions that I've heard about individual being in an abusive relationship, for example, where mm-hmm. they yeah. just thought it was normal, they just thought that person loved them, and of course they cared about them, and that they were a good person and going to change. And and even though that's a really extreme example, I think that can also play out on a much more minor level that we that will be very difficult to see because. It could be on some emotional point that you are choosing to ignore and not willing to pay attention to your own personal barometer of how you're doing and where you're at.
1: Yeah, that's so true. And I just have to take a step back and say, you know, you were really concerned about people thinking you're a Don Juan. And I think that you've already (laughs) negated that impression among people because just the fact that you say that you're willing to kind of not define the relationship, but have that conversation about like, where is this going? What are we after a couple of dates? I think that already puts you in a good light because a lot of guys will not do that.
0: (laughs) No, I appreciate that. Thank you. I mean, that's the thing for me. It's like, if I'm in something and I'm serious about it, like, okay, let's look at this realistically. Is it going to work or is it not? Or I mean, cause I'm also just not the type of guy that's out to have fun dating a new person every week. I mean, mm-hmm. I've had friends who do that and I look at them and I'm like, dude, how do you even do that? I don't have the energy for <laughs> it. I don't have the patience for it. I mean, even like for me personally, like I don't do dating multiple people at the same time. It's like, I would rather just take the little time that I have free and like mm-hmm. say, Hey, like let's explore this. If it doesn't work, then okay. Okay next. Yeah. Let's, let's keep on going. No feelings hurt. And that can be mm-hmm. difficult to do, of course. Easier said than done. Yes. Yes. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that with how dating has become in our culture, in our society, especially in the West, that it can be nice to take that step back and not just assume things because we're very good oh at doing God, yeah. that. We're amazing at doing that and just allowing to ourselves to go with the flow and be natural that we've lost maybe some positive sides to ideas that people might think are a bit old world and old fashioned, and maybe it could be worth re-exploring some ideas, of course, not integrating all of them, but like seeing like, okay, this works, this doesn't work, this works, this doesn't work and taking it one by (laughs) one and (laughs) looking at it from a a practical perspective.
1: Yeah. And It's so impossible to kind of like date successfully if you're making those assumptions because I feel like today, you know, at least within app dating culture, it's very much like you kind of have to assume that you're just like on a less glamorous version of The Bachelor or Bachelorette (laughs) and like whoever you're talking to is just also talking to a ton of people.
0: Yeah, you know, unfortunately, that's it. I mean, but I mean, even with dating online and and apps, like that's a whole world in and of itself, like where Mm -hmm. there's just so much behind the scenes, like you were saying that you don't know what's going on. And then, I mean, also just from the perspective of a guy, I don't know how it is in the States because I left before dating apps were a thing. Maybe dating sites Mm -hmm. were definitely around, but I never really delved into it there. But
2: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, unfortunately, something that I have seen also in my friends and both male and female friends have seen like that, there are individuals who just get on these dating sites just to kind of get an ego boost and seeing how many people they can match with. And am I pretty enough? Or am I handsome enough? Am I hot enough? Am I this? Or Mm -hmm. is this a good picture? Or is this not a good picture? And just trying to get (laughs) those numbers and just gamifying it and not actually looking to make a, a real connection. I mean, okay, like... There's also the the other aspect that there are people who are just looking for a quick hookup. I'm mm-hmm. not one of them. Yeah. And that's also something that makes it difficult for me to find something legitimate online is because mm-hmm. it feels as though, at least to me, that there are more people looking for a hookup or maybe willing to throw things out a little bit earlier on, especially because there's mm. that human element that just gets so removed that they're willing to just... Okay, thanks, next. What was it? Maybe an Aria Grande song or thank you, next, or whatever? (laughs) Thank
1: you, next, yeah. (laughs) Wait, so you're seeing that even with the women, that, Mm. you know, maybe they are looking for things that are more casual than what you might be looking for on the apps. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow. I've been been surprised about that, because I was thinking that probably women would want something a bit different than just that. But yeah. even, unfortunately, I mean, there's a lot of spheres online and even I've heard this from my friends saying the same thing like if it says uh, no sex on the first date read the opposite wait it's a stick it's not a stigma but it's a really it's a thing that a lot of guys go by that they say like if it says no sex on the first date that means it's possibly happened to- I'm not saying that I agree with this uh, but I'm yeah. saying it's something that a lot of guys do look at
1: wait okay so to make sure I understand so if they see that, did yeah. th- they think that like the no woman one night stands
0: is... kind of thing? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They really did they take that at face value and they're like, okay, swipe left.
0: I take it at face value and yeah. I'll swipe right and make and say, hey, that's cool. Yes, I like yes. that. But there are a mm-hmm. lot of guys who will say, oh, that means it's probably happened to her before. Maybe she might be up for it again.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, my God. So they're like preying on this response.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, it's something that I don't do and oh that God. I'm not cool with. Yeah. But it's out there. I mean, this is just how it goes, and I, and unfortunately, online dating globally has just created a lot of really unhealthy habits in the dating sphere, which I'm sure you've talked about quite a bit. But
1: mm-hmm. you yes, could talk about endlessly.
0: Oh, oh, I, I would be there with you. I would. Just, <laughs> it's I've got stories oh my gosh. for days. <laughs>
1: Okay. Well, I feel like we should just dive into it because you mentioned that you are single Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, safe to assume based on our conversation thus far, you're looking for a relationship with the right person, of course. And so would you say that you're primarily doing that on the apps presently, like have the apps kind of come back and into their normal cadence, like since the pandemic, I don't want to say Mm. has like lessened, but I mean, it's kind of lessened from its heyday. I've
0: never really liked them to begin with. And I wouldn't even say like, there were points that I've been active, like actively, like seeking something, but I'm at a point now where I'm very happy with how things are going. And I realized that I'm happy Mm -hmm. to an extent where I am. And I'm comfortable with being on my own, so I'm not necessarily actively mm-hmm. seeking. But I'm always in that mindset of, "Hey, if something happens, I'm gonna roll with it. I'm gonna let it happen. Yeah. I'm not gonna say no. Well, we're we're friends, or or oh no, you're a business <laughs> associate. Like I'm like I'm <laughs> gonna say, okay, if there's a connection, there's a connection. I'm not gonna turn it down. Mm-hmm. But that's just more from a practical standpoint. Uh, just to, like I said, I'm not a fan of dating apps. I have used them. I. Th- think I still have some accounts that are active, but I basically don't mm-hmm. hop on those apps maybe once in a month or a couple times in a month, oh. maybe just because Okay. I, also where I live is a smaller area. So the, the match radius is much larger. And gotcha. also sometimes, I mean, something to consider also when living abroad is sometimes somebody wants to meet somebody that's speaking their own language. And that's something that I've come to find out is very important for me mm-hmm. that okay, yes, I can speak a number of languages. I don't necessarily speak them well or perfectly, mm-hmm. but I can have some communication. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I would I would be very happy to find a relationship where we can communicate in English just personally. Yeah. If we mix in languages, mm-hmm. I'm happy with that. That's fine. But if the base kind of conversational language is English, then that's great for me. But when Facebook came out with their dating section in here in Italy, yeah. when they released it here, I was like, I'll check it out. I'll see what happens. How was it? A little weird. Just because we (laughs) knew people in common. It's like, and you could see that we knew people in common. And it wasn't like weird that it was like we knew people in common. It's just like, are we going to say anything about it? And But Mm. at the beginning, it led to some interesting um, interactions where it was like, it was cool. Like we hit it off. Never turned Mm -hmm. into anything, of course. Uh, But it kind of gave a little bit of like, like a a common point of reference that we could kind of start from. Yeah. And then in the Facebook dating app, when it's like, oh, so how do you know this person? It's like, I don't know them. (laughs) They sent me a friend because it can can create an awkward situation.
1: It's interesting to hear about Facebook dating because I, unless, you know, people are using it and are just not admitting it, I have not spoken to anyone else who's used it. I was like, this seems weird. And back in the day, I know Hinge was connected to Facebook. Mm -hmm. And so you would see mutual friends. I wasn't really on Hinge when that was a feature, But I have had experiences where, one in particular, where I matched with somebody on Hinge. This was after they removed that functionality. And this person looked me up on social media anyway and found out we had three mutual friends, one of whom is a very good friend of mine. And um, it definitely led to some interesting conversations. Yeah,
0: you know, I'm actually thinking about it. I don't know if it's just that nobody has used it, or if if the app hasn't been available where I've lived, because I've never mm. even thought about Hinge or like even uh, what's that other one? Coffee meets mm. bagel, I think. I've yeah, never yeah. lived in a place where they've offered service like to. Oh, yeah, there are some apps that are blocked, but like Tinder, Bumble, OK Cupid. Uh, what's the? There's one that always feels like it's super sketchy. Uh, it's it starts <laughs> with the I, I I can't remember the name, but. Oh wait, I'm trying to think what it Badoo. could be.
1: I've never heard of that.
0: Oh, maybe that's a European thing. I don't know.
1: Wait, what makes it sketchy?
0: The individuals on there uh, selling mm. services. We'll put it that way.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah, kind of okay. like plenty
0: of fish back in the states.
1: Okay, that's so funny. I feel like everyone I know who has referenced plenty of fish says something has something negative to say about the clientele.
0: <laughs> you know, are honestly, bad. like. I think it's it. just the name alone is kind of a bad, kind of like, <laughs> there's plenty of fish out in the sea. Like, are you really that desperate that, that you're just trying to get yeah, any fish?
1: <laughs> any fish. It's not the most discerning. You're right.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, Tinder makes sense. Like, you've got a fire. You've got that spark. Bumble. Mm-hmm. Whatever, forget about that name. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Okay, Cupid, that makes sense. Um,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know. Plenty of fish. Yeah, Yeah, that's
1: just like, all right, we'll throw out a line, see what's out there, (laughs) see what comes back to you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I've had friends. I mean, I've never used it, at least I don't remember using it. Maybe I had an account for a day now that I think about it. But I've had Mm -hmm. plenty of friends that were on there and they were just like, dude, don't even bother. It's just, it's prostitutes. <laughs> and and so like, it's sad. it's the back page or Craigslist of dating websites. Like, don't even wow. think about it.
1: What a reputation. Yeah.
0: No, and that's, I mean, I don't know if this exists also in the States, but one of the big problems also with dating apps is that I find here is also that kind of selling services aspect to it. I mean, if that's mm. someone's grind, if that's something that they're doing, like and it's consensual, like, hey, like, that's what you do. No shame. Mm-hmm. But it's not what I'm looking for.
1: In no, person. definitely not. And I'm not, not looking it's for like, that
0: kind of interaction.
1: Yeah, but, yeah. Just best to stay away.
0: Yeah. Also, actually, one of the other problems that I've seen here with dating apps, at least in Italy, is that a lot of the women are on there aren't actually even from here in Italy and they're using a mm. Passport. A lot of them no. end up being Brazilian, Thai, oh. Filipina, or... I think I feel like there's one other a Russian it's so uh, even interesting though, like, I've seen guys and women uh complaining about this in various online forums and, and posting sites, Facebook, whatever it is, like saying, I feel like I never matched with anybody actually here in Italy <laughs> like
2: on? oh going my gosh, on? that's so
1: sad <laughs> no, it's
0: like oh Tinder like if you're in Italy, Tinder's a great place to meet a Brazilian woman like <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is so funny. And I've never used the Tinder passport feature, Mm. but one of my friends and I on the podcast before, we've complained that we've had that experience, but in a different capacity Uh where people will be like, oh yeah, I'm just visiting LA, but they don't Uh put that in their profile. And then you like get excited and you get to talking to them. And then they're like, yeah, I'm just here for the weekend. You want to meet up? And I'm like, yo, no, (laughs) like it's not worth my time. Yeah,
0: I've had that happen. It's like, oh, I'm just in town. Like you want to go grab a drink? And that's the other thing that unfortunately ends up being a situation where sometimes there have been women that I've, I've encountered that are just looking for dinner or they're just looking for drinks.
1: Oh, okay. I need to hear some of these stories because I know you're not actively on the apps now, but you said you have yeah. an array of stories. So what are some of these crazy stories that you've had in the past?
0: I mean, everything from like, hey, you want to go meet up and just go have some drinks and then at the end of the meal, it's like, oh, thanks so much for taking me out. It was great. Kiss on the cheek. I'm getting in a taxi. And I'm like, I mean, I'm not even looking for like a one night stand to begin with, but that just seems like a little, little shady in some ways, or even, I mean, look, if we're talking about it and it's like, hey, like I'm free, you're free, let's go, I'll show you the town. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, you're actually coming to it and like presenting it as like, let's explore, then yeah, No. Okay, so you thought
1: that more was going to come out of the date, and it was just like she had a couple free drinks and then bounced.
0: Basically, just because she wasn't even from that far away. Like, it was close enough that, yeah, okay, technically it's long distance, but we could have, like, you can make it work between those two cities. Like, it wasn't even that big of a deal. Like, we're talking about, like, an hour or two away type thing. Just, like, there for the weekend because of work and Mm -hmm. some time to kill— Here's dinner. And I've had friends that that's happened to, both male and female. Like, I've had Mm -hmm. female friends who've gotten suckered into paying for uh, a meal. and What? Yeah. It happens. Oh, my God. It happens. Wow. I mean.
1: The audacity of people.
0: No, but even actually, even going back to an earlier point that I was talking about, like, with the the passport or visa hunting. Mm -hmm. I've had that happen even before going on a date, on the applications. Really? Yeah.
1: And so, how do they bring it up then?
0: Hey, so you want to help me get to America? <laughs> I mean,
1: oh my, God, what an
2: <laughs> opening line!
1: <It's>
0: like, <laughs> I mean, maybe it wasn't it wasn't phrased exactly like that, but yeah. not all that far that's off. That's the gist like, of it. That's the gist of it. Like, hey, how oh can you, what can you do for me? How can <laughs> I help you? And I'm like, really now? I mean. Even like there have been guys that have contacted us like, hey, so how are we gonna make this work? What's coming up? What's happening? So let's you wanna help me get to America? Let's let's do this right. I'm oh like,
1: my god. First of all, I love the like smooth <laughs> voice that you just put on. Like Thank wow. You. But that is so crazy. Like yeah. I guess this is literally the epitome of like shoot your shot. Oh my gosh. So I would love to hear, are there any commonalities aside from the passport chasers? Like, you know, maybe any benign things that you see in people's profiles that are kind of like common prompts and responses for European women. Any tropes, if you will.
0: Poo, um, there's one, I don't know if I can translate it all that well, but I feel like I've Ooh. seen it in every other Italian woman's profile. Um Fun loving, bubbly personality, loves to eat uh, or loves food, foodie, uh, loves travel. Um, like those kind of basic things that you see in every profile. Yes. It's like everybody loves to eat, everybody yeah. loves to travel. I mean, if you, you need to unique. have a little bit more like meat and bones. And I don't want just the potatoes. I mean, there's some of those kind of tropes that that do end up coming up. I'm I'm trying to think of any others that really come up. I mean, other than like the the offering services or that they're not actually here in Italy or uh, yeah. the country that you're in. Those would probably be the main things. Or like, oh, the other thing you probably also see it in the states. I wouldn't. I would be surprised mm-hmm. if you didn't, but just here to make friends, just here for Uh, fun, (laughs) just here. I'm like, yeah, left. We are swiping left left to that. Forget, forget it. All day left. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's all the basic ones, 420 friendly or uh, (laughs) like, let's meet up and get a drink or the other one. I've seen this mostly on Russian profiles where it's like, show me around your town and take Mm. me out for drinks.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Very direct
0: request. Oh, Russians are very direct. They have no problem with yeah. like, just telling it like it is. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my gosh.
1: At least you know what you're getting.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, look, I honestly appreciate that because at least I know that this is the profile I want to swipe left on. And just, like,
1: mm-hmm. we, yeah.
0: wouldn't we wouldn't gel. We wouldn't make this happen.
1: <laughs> no, no. Oh, my gosh. So, I want to close out with kind of a game. Okay. And... Basically, you know, you talked about how you have those really basic things that you see in all the Italian women's profiles. I imagine there are a lot of things that are just universally basic that everyone's yeah. going to no, have. And I'm sure
0: like I missed some of them also.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of course, like you can never remember all of them because right. there's just so many. Yeah. But I wanted to throw out some US prompts that I've seen for things that I think are like very specific to America okay. to see. Is that something you also see in Europe? And if not, what would be like the European equivalent from your perspective?
0: That's cool. I like this. I like the sound (laughs) of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So the first one, anything related to The Office. And of course, that's super American because it's an American show. It's very American humor. So everyone just talking about how big of a fan they are, the fact that they're looking for like the gym to their Pam or vice versa, (laughs) and just basically (laughs) pretending that liking The Office is a personality trait. Is there any content that regularly comes up in European
0: profiles? That's tough to say. I mean, definitely not to that extent, like naming characters. But oh, I feel like I've definitely seen seen some show or like movie quotes, or I mean, definitely Harry Potter quotes, like or like <laughs> yes, looking for yes. the the Ron or the Harry or the the whatever character uh, that they're looking mm-hmm. for, or. Um, anime characters I've seen pop up. Like,
1: Interesting. Yeah. Like, which ones?
0: I, I'm the worst person to ask about that. Like, I, I mean... I, I kind of left anime behind at one of those Miyazaki films and just kind of like, oh, that was yeah. my exposure mm-hmm. to it, other than maybe Dragon Ball Z. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like so, the same boat where it's like, I know the animes that everyone else knows. Like, right. I loved Kiki's delivery service. That's like oh, that as niche a cool, as it gets for that me. Was cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's a couple. Um, Spirited Away, that was a brilliant yeah, movie. Yeah, I was mean, brilliant. beautiful. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, no, I can't think of necessarily specific. And the thing is also for some of those references, even I might not understand them because it might be like a mm. local show, but True, I have seen yeah. necessarily as many of those out here. But it's not like it's it's like unheard of. Every once in a while mm-hmm, you'll come across mm-hmm. an, uh, a profile that's written in English and they'll maybe reference a movie or something within pop mm-hmm. culture and you'll get that a little bit
1: Yeah. It's fun to know that Harry Potter makes it over there. I mean, it makes sense. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like we see a lot of Harry Potter in the profiles here too. Oh
0: yeah, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. look, if there's a good Star Wars quote or a Baby Yoda mm. reference, I am swiping right all day. <laughs> Baby no Yoda, question yes. about it. Even if I don't think we're going to get along, I am swiping right. If there's Baby Yoda in your profile picture, Ooh, you got That's me. like clickbait. Good
1: to know. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> well, at least for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyone who's like trying to slide into Raphael's DMs later, just you know, information to take away.
0: <laughs> yeah, send a send a picture of Baby Yoda, and I'll know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> you got them nuggies. Like, step
1: one: don't mention his passport. Step two: <laughs> reference Baby Yoda. We're good.
0: <laughs> That's basically the weight of my heart. At the end of the day, <laughs> and that and food.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. Well, that's a good transition because the next prompt I feel like I always see is I know the best spot in town for tacos and, you know, living in SoCal, that is very Southern California. I feel like obviously tacos aren't going to be the thing over there. So is there any cuisine (laughs) that people are like, Oh, I know the best spot in town for like calzones or gelato, or Mm. is that just like too basic for Italians? Are they not that basic at all?
0: No, I mean, like, I'll admit for a little while, I I might even still have it on one of my profiles in search of the best gelato or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, also, I mean, I really wish there was like some good Mexican spots or like some of those good taco trucks like you can get in the States. That's something that they definitely Mm -hmm. don't do here. But especially because I've lived more in some smaller areas, even when I lived in cities, I can't say that I've necessarily seen like I know the best spot for X, Y, or Z for for kebab or for pizza or for, Mm -hmm. for whatever it is. That's something I haven't seen. Maybe you might see it in larger cities, but smaller cities I feel like would be less, but... I mean, a- anyway, just at the end of the day, like like I was mentioning, I've been in Italian rooms. It doesn't matter what subject we're talking about. It always ends up mm-hmm. on food. If we're talking about politics, <laughs> if we're talking about mm-hmm. Elon Musk, somehow it's always going <laughs> to get back to food. Like, I love that. It's a guarantee. I can get behind that. <laughs> so you have to join in one of those <laughs> rooms sometime.
1: Yes. They speak oh English.
0: There's a couple where they speak English.
1: Okay. Okay. We could, you know, learn some Italian on Clubhouse. Why yeah. not? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Another prompt where to find me at the party is. And then people will always say, like, in the corner playing with the dog. And so I feel like everyone loves dogs. You know, do people clearly reference their love of dogs that frequently in Europe? Or is that just an American thing that we think is so funny and unique?
0: I think there's some aspect of it being universal, but also here in Europe, there's a lot of people who just don't have space for dogs. But Mm -hmm. I know, like, you'll see a lot of pictures of dogs or with animals, Um, Mm -hmm. I I feel like I've seen maybe more animal lover than Mm -hmm. like you can find me in the corner at the party with the dog. (laughs) Also, parties are like a, a very different kind of concept. Like... Okay, mm-hmm. maybe like you'll go out to the club in America and and like go out and party, but you also do have a different type of culture where people will go to another person's house. Like if mm-hmm. you're like out in the country or even in a city, like you'll have more space where you can invite maybe 10, 15, 20 people or mm-hmm. more and have like a rager. Like you can actually go yeah. like crazy and have or have a nice educated party, a nice uh yes. nice button up yes. party. Um,
1: Maybe a book club. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that that definitely is. So th- That's actually one totally. thing where even in Italy, most of the socializing is done outside of the home. So that's, I think, a, a big cultural difference is that, I mean, even like where the town that I live in, the city where I live, the main square, the piazza here, is used as a communal living space. And there's a bunch mm. of cafes and restaurants and bars all around it. And also when I'm saying bar here in Italy, it's a little bit of a different meaning because I'm talking about a coffee bar, not like a drinking bar. So even there, they will serve alcohol. Of course, we also have bars like cocktail bars and so on. But Mm -hmm. yeah, people will end up going out more than welcoming people to come over.
1: Interesting. I feel like that's such a fascinating distinction, especially because it's like, oh, yeah, like we might have the conversation with the stranger that you mentioned at the beginning of the episode where I'll invite them to my home. But you're not necessarily going to be like, oh, let me invite. 15 to 20 of my closest friends over and socialize in that
0: manner. I I mean, I know people who've been friendly or friends for years and they've never been to each other's homes, but it's like really Mm. those people who you're super close with, maybe even just the people like your your friends from from middle school, high school, and even here in Italy, like that's a a whole discussion in itself, like friend groups and even trying Mm. to date because that is definitely an area where it can be harder to break in just because friend circles are formed at a very young age here and they're mm-hmm. very solid groups because especially once you hit like middle school to high school, you'll have the same people in your classroom for the whole entire experience and and wow. the teacher yeah. will change out. So you don't have the experience with other students and interacting with other people. So mm-hmm. the people who are in your class are more than likely going to be those people who you associate with the most.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess it's kind of hard to break in. It's like no Mm. new friends. Hmm. So interesting. So another prompt that is heavily overused is I'm overly competitive about everything. And I feel like riding ourselves and being competitive is like a very distinctly American thing. Hmm. Is there something like if you had to say, if Italians had to answer this prompt, I'm overly competitive about what would you expect
0: to see oh probably something about a recipe (laughs) like like (laughs) i I make the best x sauce or the best like regional dish like of some sort like that would be what i would expect to see not that i'm saying it's something that you do see but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. maybe in the south you might start getting people like bragging about their grandmother's cooking maybe a little bit not a ton but like Mm -hmm. you might start seeing that a little bit in that kind of situation
1: Honestly, I'll take anything that tells me you're going to be able to provide me a good meal over, oh, I'm just super competitive. Like, what do I get out of that? Yeah, I can't
0: (laughs) say even I've seen like so many profiles where it's like, I'm super competitive. Like, maybe you'll see like that I enjoy walking and hiking and time outdoors and those kinds of things. But Mm -hmm. the competition thing is maybe something I really feel like I've only ever seen on American profiles of individuals who are over here. Just visiting. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, not, yeah, that, not that it
0: doesn't exist again, but...
1: But yeah, very, very uniquely American in that sense. <laughs> All right. So a couple more I have so my most controversial opinion is a lot of people will say that pineapple belongs on pizza oh, again no. I'm done also this is over. super this American is
0: over I am finished. honestly Forget. I was like I'm
1: probably gonna offend him and any other Italians that are listening just by mentioning that so I yes, was like clearly
0: goodbye it that's is, not gonna it be out a, there it has been a pleasure until this point but I up am until done. this
1: point I ruined it oh man I should have ended with that so that you could have just hung up and like left me in disgrace
0: no but jokes aside no that's a deal breaker for me. No, I'll, actually, yeah. I'll tell you, there was one time, this was actually something serious that happened. I was in a relationship and this was, again, one of the few like serious kind of relationships. It was, we were in a very rocky patch and it was towards the end of the relationship. And I was already kind of like, I think this is over anyway.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: one day she put ketchup on her, on some pasta.
2: And no. I, I was
0: like, what? How could you do what? that? And we were at my mother's home also. Blast I was like, them. you don't oh, do that at my mother's no. home. Like, oh, just no. That's
1: so offensive. Like, like for your mother's cooking.
0: Uh, like, well, the thing was, like, we were staying there. And so it was like, it wasn't like my mother was cooking, but it was just kind of like, mm, how could still. you do that? How, how could you even consider doing that? That's like...
1: I'm not even Italian. <laughs> and I'm like, that's I'm out. I'm out.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it depends on the type of situation. If we're talking about... Like the question was about personal deal breakers or cultural deal breakers.
1: Cultural, but then also like, if you were to say like, okay, what's the Italian equivalent? Like, is there a food that's like very polarizing, where maybe like half of Italians love it, half of Italians hate it? That might fit into that pineapple on pizza. No, actually,
0: the thing is, I have seen it on profiles here, if written in English. If you eat pineapple on pizza, swipe left. Like it's yes. that big of a discussion, or if you eat pineapple on it's pizza, it's made it international. For you. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, it's it's. I mean, it's sad. Like I will admit, I have committed a horrible sin in my life, and I have tried it. I didn't like well, it. You
1: have to try it yeah. at least to know why you don't like it.
0: Yeah, no, I that was the reason why I tried it. I was like, I didn't yeah. want. It. But the thing is, fruit it doesn't belong on pizza. Ham, fine, not a problem. Yeah, super common out here in Italy. Like you mm-hmm. find like prosciutto crudo or, like, oh, like normal ham or even bologna on pizza. Like, you find all—I mean, even the Italians out American America when it comes to pizza. They put french fries and hot dogs, sliced hot dogs no. on pizza. Yes. It's not I uncommon. I am in shock. Especially for—more so for children. But, yeah, oh like, with, with hot, hot dogs, dogs. Yeah, I've, like—
1: Okay. I think that for me, I'm out. (laughs) I am not a hot, like depending if it's, if we're talking like a quality sausage, yeah. No, we're talking about like
0: from the supermarket in a package of eight when it really should be a package of four or 12 because it doesn't match with the buns. The buns.
1: (laughs) A whole other, it's a mystery. Everything Uh, about hot dogs is a mystery.
0: (laughs) The meat, especially.
1: especially. It's the definition of mystery meat, the OG.
0: Yes. The real OG.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. I have one more prompt. And so I often see the most spontaneous thing I've done is, and it's like some version of like moving to LA with no money or no friends Mm -hmm. or just a dream or something else, like super cheesy. And that feels super LA because so many people do move here with like dreams of making it in some way. Um, Do you find that a lot of people on the apps are also bragging about like a spontaneous move to Italy or to Europe in general?
0: Um, If, Yeah, I mean, definitely Americans will do that. Like, hey, just moved here from XYZ. Or even not even just Americans, but like if we're talking about maybe Europeans, I feel like I've seen that more in the sense of like taking a trip or Mm -hmm. like, oh, I lived in Australia for a year or, oh, I Mm -hmm. lived in Thailand or uh, like something like that or... I spent the last three years in the England. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I see that a lot more often than saying like, like this kind of last-minute bragging decision or bragging mm-hmm. about a last-minute decision like that or a, a, like, a, like a big decision. Um, more kind of regarding travel.
1: Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting, specific thing. And it's like, I understand that for you, being the star of your own life, that's a huge moment. Yeah. But for the rest of us, it's like a lot of people in LA are transports. So it's not yeah. really
0: no, I mean, that like, big of a deal. Definitely when you're talking about LA, a lot of people are transports there. But if you're talking about maybe some other parts of the world, it is an interesting little factor about that person. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm from XYZ mm-hmm. Place. Or even... If you're here in Italy and you've lived in another place that kind of I don't want to say it gives you like this credit but like it kind of gives you a little street cred in a way although it is a double edged sword like on some ways it is cool that you've mm-hmm. lived abroad but then at the same time like maybe you're back in Italy because you failed but nowadays <laughs> <laughs> it's more like, especially on dating profiles, it's like, oh, I was living abroad, but because of COVID, I came back to Italy because also yeah, that makes the sense. Italian that makes family sense. is like super strong. So it's it's more much more socially acceptable in Italy that people will live with their parents or move back into their parents' yeah. home, especially even when we're talking about late 20s, early mid 30s, like it's not uncommon. Like I think the average mm. age for men to move out in Italy is probably between 28 and 30. And for women, it's probably... Mm. 25 to 27, I want to say. It definitely, like, after university time. Okay. um, Just because, like, things work a little differently in that aspect.
1: Would you say you typically don't move out until you're, like, getting married?
0: In Italy, not necessarily. I mean, there's countries, of course, where that happens. But it could be a little bit more common in southern Italy. Like, I can think of somebody actually specifically from Sicily that I knew. She's probably mid-30s or so. And like a lawyer professional like had her own practice and so on and if I'm not mistaken, she was actually moving out of her home for the first time since university when she was getting married, so that was a okay that was something that I have seen before. In the mm-hmm. north of the country, people may be a little bit more likely to move out a little bit earlier just because people tend to make a little bit more in the north and have a bit more of a flexible um, mm. kind of income at the end of, or what they can do with their money at the end of the month. Maybe a little bit mm-hmm. more so than the south because there's a huge gap in what people can earn, like huge major difference.
1: So I feel like that's such fascinating context. And I could ask you a million more questions, but this episode would be far too long. So for anyone who wants to hear more insights about living abroad, can you tell listeners where to find you?
0: Yeah, sure. Just about on every social media platform, you can find me with the URL slash Rafael Difuria. My name, R-A-F-A-E-L-D-I-F-U-R-I-A. Also at on Instagram and Twitter. um, Also So my YouTube channel is where I post my uh, video podcast. That's the main kind of place for it. Uh, But I also post uh, to audio podcasts. If you're somebody who does prefer enjoying through Spotify or through Apple Podcasts, you can find links to all of that on notyouraverageglobetrotter.com or you can find me on rafaeldefuria.com.
1: Amazing, and I'll be linking out to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much, and of course, and of course, if you would like to follow the podcast on social media, you can do so at Interstates and Heartbreak, all spelled out. You can follow my personal account at Leslie Nope, L E S L I E G N O P E. Thank you so much, Raphael. Thank
0: you so much, Leslie, for having me on. It was really great connecting with you. I hope we get to do it again sometime. Yes.
1: Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.